and welcome back to another episode of the She's My Sister podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Enneagrams. Enneagrams are a personality test. I guess they're a system that kind of reveal or show how our feelings can affect and have an impact on our actions and how we interact and engage with other people in order to get what we want or what we need. I find them super interesting uh, because they kind of illuminate, I guess, your motivations and some of the driving forces behind why we do what we do. So we each went ahead and we took a test. And before we did, it was funny because we predicted what we thought each other was going to get. There are nine different personality types. Um, Those types are the perfectionist, the giver, the achiever, the individualist, the investigator, the skeptic, the enthusiast, the challenger, and the peacemaker. Um, would you, Madeline, would you like to, uh, share what your predictions were for us? Sure. Um, okay. So basically I've always been really curious about the Enneagram, um, personality tests. I think they're super interesting and I love kind of looking into what people's personalities can tell them about themselves. Um, whether that's strengths, weaknesses, where they can improve and what they should look out for in themselves. And so I took the test and um, was like, I felt like it was spot on for me. So then I texted Amy and Katie and I was like, what are your Enneagrams? Um, Take this test. And when I first sent it to them, they were like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Um, So, but they did it anyway. And I was like, okay, Katie, I bet you that, I bet you that you're a one. And I think Amy's an eight. Take the test. I want to see if I'm right. (laughs) So Amy wasn't. Um, Her number one wasn't an eight, but it was her second one. And then Katie's first one wasn't a one, but it was your third. It was my third. It was really close, though. Uh, But I thought it it was interesting (laughs) to me, kind of our own perception of ourselves versus someone else's perception. Because I was like, that's not my main characteristic. And then I was thinking about it. I'm like, hmm. The fact that I'm like, no, that's not right. That's not me. And I'm like so adamant, like proves that, yes, <laughs> this is me. So Katie, <laughs> what are the details for number one? Yeah, so I'll go ahead and I will, I will share um, my results. Uh, so my top two were tied at 98%. And they were tied between number eight, the challenger, and um, number three, the achiever. And so threes as achievers, they want to be successful and admired. They're, I guess they can be kind of self-conscious of their like image. Eights as the challengers see themselves as being strong-willed and they stand up for what they believe in. Like some characteristics, I guess, of people that are eights or the challengers would be that they, they're assertive driven, decisive, passionate, they can be leaders. Um, And then threes, so the achievers would be competitive. Uh, They're encouraging of other people, multitaskers, um, overachievers, and accomplished. And then my third one, which is what Madeline predicted I'd be, is the one, so the perfectionist. So they're very um, self-criticizing, 
uh, detail orient oriented, um, organized. They don't. They don't like it when you mess with grammar. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> Responsible. <laughs> uh, they're planners. I do. I like to have everything planned out, like in my faults with like the eight. So the challenger is that if I don't agree with something, I'm going to say something about it. But there are times when you don't like, sometimes you just let it go and you don't always have to say something if you don't agree with somebody. (laughs) Also like with the ones, um, I can be, like I said, very self um, critiquing and, um, Like, I think it's helpful to have someone that's a planner, like when you go on trips or something, but like not every minute has to be planned. Like, it's okay to have downtime and not have to have everything, every minute accounted for. (laughs) I laugh because that is 100% Katie on vacation. Yep. (laughs) Like, we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. When everyone's not ready to go do these things, she's like, oh, you guys, come on. Okay. Get it together. Do you ever feel like being, you know, the one and the achiever and all that together? Do you ever feel like you're so busy planning the next thing that you have a hard time, like, enjoying the present things? Or uh, No, I don't feel like I have trouble with that at all. Like, I, I definitely think that I take time to, like, enjoy what's going on. I think that sometimes I feel the pressure, like, if I don't do this, nobody else is going to. So I have to do it. Um, and so some, uh, that was me with group projects in college. Yes. I definitely feel that way that like, it's up to me and like, I don't put Mm -hmm. that pressure on other people. Like if someone else doesn't do it, I'm not like, Oh, why aren't you planning this? Or why aren't you stepping up and doing this work? I like automatically assign it to myself and take it on as like, Oh, this is something I have to do. And then have a very hard time asking for help if I need it with something. This is a lot I, of how did pay your wedding go? Oh, <laughs> I think okay, but here's why: is that I feel like when I ask for help, it makes it seem like I am not capable and can't handle it on my own. Or makes you feel that way. Yes, it doesn't, it, it doesn't come off that way to other people. I don't think. I agree. It does. I don't think it does. But like to me, asking for help feels like weakness. Whereas like I never feel that way when someone asks me for help or when other people are ever asking for help. But when I ask for it or when I feel like I need it, it feels like that is like a failure on my part. Mm hmm. So basically, you put a lot of pressure on yourself. Yes. Which sounds like a typical perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like just yeah. Fitting. I like I for sure thought that a one was gonna be your like top one, but the other ones make sense too. And I think you got like a high score for each of those, didn't you? Yeah. So like my top two were ninety eight percent, and then the perfectionist was ninety five. So I mean, it was still those are also really high. Yeah. With enneagrams, you have to be careful because they can kind of be taken as like stereotypical. I'm mm-hmm. like, just because, oh, someone fits into, like, the perfectionist or the challenger um, or, like, the investigator role doesn't mean, like, oh, that's all there is to them. Mm-hmm. Um, They're a combination of all the things. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember when you first were like, oh, I think you're a one. You're the perfectionist. And then I was reading the description of it. 
And it basically just makes me sound like I'm super uptight. I'm like, that's not me at all. That's not me. I don't want to be like, a one. I know. Then I was like, oh, maybe I am a one. <laughs> I found this um, graphic that I found interesting. And it says, like, the help that I need. Uh-huh. And it's good reminders for each type of what, like, reminders they might need to work on. And for, like, a type one, so the perfectionist... The help I need is reminders to play, to laugh, and then it's not my job to fix everyone and everything. <laughs> but I definitely would say a core fear of mine is being seen as weak or um, being underestimated. Uh, yeah, that's so totally you and Amy. <laughs> and you know what's so funny? Eight is my eight is my second lowest one. Like it's so small in my pie chart. <laughs> It is interesting that Amy and I had such similar results. And then, like, weren't the Peacemaker was number nine. That was my very lowest score. And wasn't that quite high for you, Madeline? Mm Mm-hmm. Amy and I are just not interested in keeping the peace. (laughs) I knew you guys were fairly similar, but I was actually surprised at how closely you match up on these tests. Right. So, um, so Madeline, said. did you want to share, or actually, yeah, Amy, since ours are very similar, why don't I you was go like, next? I might as well, yeah, I might as well go off of yours since I wanted to repeat a lot of mine. So my number one was seven, which is actually different than Katie's. Was seven high for you, Katie? It was. That was, um, okay. if I was to go down my list, then that would be the very next one. That was the enthusiast, gotcha. Wait, right? Makes sense. I have that in common with you guys. That was my with number you. two. Yay. So like, I do so, still know how to have fun. <laughs> let me read it, Katie. Um. <laughs> Okay, seven is the enthusiast, and they want to have as much fun and adventure as possible and are easily bored. So for this one, it said that one of the weaknesses was not going deep into feeling your emotions and not wanting to feel sad, so you kind of, like, do fun things all the time (laughs) and don't really let yourself focus on that. Hmm, Who watches Friends every morning so they start their day with a happy on a happy note. <laughs> I just pictured in I was picturing in my mind Amy in the car on a rainy day blasting Disney songs. <laughs> something. And I mean, I think that when I really need to, I can analyze my emotions, but that's very correct that I would rather just be like, okay, I had a sad moment, but now we're moving on and it's going to be a happy day. We're done. Right. Right. So maybe maybe I feel like that's deeper reflection. <laughs> maybe. I I mean, I I like to think of it that way. For the most way. part, it's a good thing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I definitely said, um, another thing I said that sevens, they really don't like missing out on things. So the fear of missing oh, out I on feel that is yeah. a big thing. FOMO. Yep. Mm-hmm. FOMO. Which I, um, when I didn't know what that was, I was like, that doesn't sound like a good thing. What is that? Before I'd heard what <laughs> FOMO stood for. Um, <laughs> but I would say, especially now that I'm in Alaska and like, I'll see my friends like in Washington doing things or like, you guys getting together in Washington. That is so strong. My like fear mm. of missing doing fun things with you guys right so, i'll work on that i can have fun up here oh and then my number two was also the challenger which i was not surprised by at all that one i think maddie called that one um that was the one i thought was gonna be your number one like amy <laughs> i thought she was gonna be a lawyer and like this <laughs> bulldog like taking people down in the court and like that's just still how i feel she is oh thank you when I started college, I wanted to do that, and then I realized that lawyers, their job is their life, and I didn't want to do that. Enter number seven, where having fun and adventure becomes your life. So I, I opted for that <laughs> instead. Um, and then my number, my third one was tied with my second one, and it was the achiever, 
which mm-hmm. is three years Katie's. So, Katie so you and I, and I had the achiever and the challenger in common, right? Yep. Right. Yeah. So our and top four were all basically years. the same. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> Amy, do you feel like, because it's just similar to how I am, do you feel like you are very goal-oriented? Yeah, and I think it's gotten better since I haven't been in school anymore. Uh, I feel like having things, the way school measures things out and gives you, like, a percentage on how you do on things and gives you, like, deadlines and all these things very specific. Yes. I think that really affected the way I handle goals. And so, um, like, the fact that you can go, that you can shoot for a 4.0 when you're in school, Mm -hmm. that definitely was on my mind more than it needed to be. Oh, right. Because looking back, don't really know having a 4.0 wasn't as important as I thought it was. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think learning to be more okay with not, like, you know, the achiever, like, having to have things be perfect and right. be really successful, a lot less important to me, which is probably why seven was my number one. <laughs> um, what would you say is something that, like, is difficult for you or that you need to work on? I think this is something I've actually already gotten better on, but when I was younger, something I felt like I needed to work on was in the challenger. It says that, you know, like you tend to like stay what you believe in and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that came off as being kind of confrontational when I was younger, Mm. which sometimes was just how people took it. And me, I think also when I was younger, I wasn't as good as presenting things. Um, So something I had to learn because that part of me is still there. And I still feel the need to say what I believe when I, you know, feel strongly about it. Mm -hmm. But I learned how to be better about presenting things without it coming off as an argument. That makes sense. That was something I had to work on. Yeah. Yeah. Learning that it's okay to miss out on things. (laughs) There are lots of other good things happening. Yeah. Yeah. Do you – was your number three, so the Achiever, that was pretty – that was high for you Uh as well, right? It was like high. Yeah. So what were your guys' least like you ones? Um, My lowest. My lowest was – Go ahead, Amy. My lowest was the investigator and five seeks understanding knowledge and are more comfortable with data than people. And sometimes instead of trying to understand how the world works, I'd be more okay with just being like my phone works. And that's all I need to know. <laughs> uh, my very lowest was the peacemaker. Um, which... <laughs> that's so funny to me. <laughs> it's not that, oh, I want to be in confrontation all the time. <laughs> I don't think I think it's more just that like I don't see it as my job to like smooth things over for everybody else Um, I think that's fair yeah you're not like an angry like non-peace person (laughs) right I think it's more just that like well I'm sorry you feel that way but I'm not going to try and like change it Um, like if two other people see I'm not surprised that Maddie is high for peacekeeper because when we were younger yeah she would try to like break up fights with us that she wasn't part of she was like like, the mediator be like okay everybody yeah like if she wasn't part of it she'd be the mediator Madeline you could have been like a hostage you could have been like a hostage negotiator or something in another life yeah Hmm. (laughs) looking for a career change (laughs) (laughs) oh and the skeptic is fairly low too so. What number is that one? Six. What were yours? So what were yours, Madeline? So my number one main one was type two. So in a nutshell, it says twos seek to love and help the people around them. They intuitively perceive when others need their support and they offer it unconditionally. 
Skilled at seeing the good in people, twos will praise others warmly, being always ready with a kind word and a listening ear. They have a knack for making others feel like the most important person in the world. However, to the outside world, it seems that the twos' caregiving is selfless. However, sometimes deep down, the twos would like their efforts to be recognized and appreciated. Um, so basically, it's saying that, um, so I was reading kind of more about it, and um, like, if you're a good two, or a healthy two, then you you do these giving acts of kindness from the goodness of your heart, because it makes you happy. And you mm-hmm. do, like, you do love the feeling of being loved from others. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're doing it out of a good place. And then it said an unhealthy two is doing that out of um like the people pleasing which makes so much sense because like I feel like in the past I've struggled with being a people pleaser it frustrates me to when someone doesn't like me especially when I don't know why Mm -hmm. that's why I always talk about that quote the one about peaches it's (laughs) like um you can be the juiciest ripest peach in the tree but someone's just not gonna like peaches Mm -hmm. and I have to remind myself about that because I do feel like especially to people that like I first meet I try to be very kind and like show them who I am up front and if they immediately seem like they don't like me it bothers me so bad because I'm Mm -hmm. like you don't even have a reason and so that's something I have to just kind of let go of and not let bother me so my second um highest was the enthusiast number seven like you guys we all like to live life (laughs) yeah um, and I feel like we've all definitely done that missing out thing. Like we were missing out with each other. Because I remember when Maddie, when you lived in Texas, you were worried you were like missing out on things. Mm-hmm. And then when like Katie wasn't living with us in college, it was like you, me, and Jimmy and Anton were all living together in college, and Katie wasn't. She was like, "Oh, I'm missing out." Mm-hmm. And so we've all experienced that, even though you weren't missing out, and we were always arguing. But <laughs> Amy, <laughs> I mean, oh my were gosh, we were too. not always arguing. I was kidding. There were good times too. They were very you good little, times too. I'm really looking at little, what, You little you challenger. Ate, you ate. Me. <laughs> and I'm always the number can nine. Use, you can use your hmm. you can use your peacekeeper abilities and smooth it out. Okay, so I found this um, another graphic that I think is really funny that I would like to read. Okay. So it's a description of days off for each Enneagram type. <laughs> type one. Perfect time to finish that house project. Type two accidentally agrees to help someone out (laughs) type three either no days off or full-on netflix and chill type four the perfect playlist to make the day feel like you're in a movie type five soaking in that much deserved alone time type six checking in on your loved ones type seven hour for hour completely filled with activities and plans type eight (laughs) Day off? Question mark. And type nine PJs all day. <laughs> That's funny. I feel like every single one of those sounded good. <laughs> a day off is a day off, right? Yeah, I was like, all those are good. Um, I found some quotes that like are supposed to go along with each um, enneagram. So see how you guys feel about these. So Madeline for type twos, some top quotes are: "Home is where the heart is." Love conquers all, and a friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Amy. Let's see. So type seven. Variety is mm-hmm. the spice of life. Ooh, yes. 
eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, so it's basically like, get it all in now. Like, make the most of every day. Yeah. Um, That's some nice moves in college before finals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for type eight, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. For type three, which was the achiever, it's one of mine. Winners never quit and quitters never win. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And then for type one, the perfectionist is a job worth doing is worth doing well. And practice makes perfect. Oh, my goodness. So I just found that, like, I'm looking at these different Enneagram posts, and this is, like, so, like, exactly what we were just talking about. It says, I don't know what Enneagram type one needs to hear this, but just hit publish on that website already. It will never be perfect. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't know what Enneagram type two needs to hear this, but you are so worthy of love just as you are. How do you feel? So we also had our husbands do the Enneagram test as well. Um, how do you two feel like it plays out in your relationships? Oh, man. so for Jaden, sorry, go ahead. His number one was, sorry, I'm looking for the description for number six, if either of you have it. The skeptic. Yeah. So Jaden was really high on number six. And so it's that can I read it? Go for it. Sixes are preoccupied with security, seek safety, and like to be prepared for problems. Yeah, so I when I, I didn't even try to guess his because I feel like a lot of them could have applied. I didn't guess this one, but this one was a ninety-eight percent match for him. Wow. Which I found interesting and it actually makes a lot of sense because Jaden is the one making sure that like we close the garage door, he makes sure that we actually get gas and mm-hmm. that we remember to change the oil and um and all that stuff about making sure we're actually prepared for a lot of situations, he's really, really good about. Well, it totally goes along with um, his career. <laughs> like, he, yeah, he I mean, chose totally well. Sense, like, in the, I mean, yeah, as an officer in the military, you definitely have to be aware of all of those mm-hmm. things. So that made a lot of sense. But I think it helps a heck of a lot in our marriage because it might be something I don't think about as much. Mm. So it's a good thing that he does. Right. Helps balance out. Whereas... But he was, I mean, he was high on some of the other things, too, that I was also, I mean, mm-hmm. he also was pretty high for eight for the challenger. Like, he still had that in there. Um, and he was also really, really high for the achiever for three. Mm-hmm. And that makes a lot of sense. Like, both of us are very, like, we want to be successful. We're very competitive when it comes to that. Kind also of make a, makes a board game nights interesting. <laughs> it really does. They get very interesting. <laughs> um, so that, yeah, it made sense. I think it's a good balance. Yeah, um, you could, you complete each other. We do. Uh, with Aaron, um, I had him do it as well. And it was interesting. So we both had the same top one as the challenger. Um, uh-uh. And I think, like, one strength of the challenger is that, like, they, they stand up for themselves, but they also stand up for other people. You know, like, yeah. if they see mm-hmm. injustices, like, they make sure that they're taking care of that as well. But it also makes us very stubborn. And I think that we <laughs> both have that. And that is something that, like, we, I, like throughout our marriage, we've been aware of is that <laughs> it, you don't always have to be right. So it's a quote that I would use to tell my students uh, when I taught kindergarten was, it's better, more important to be kind than it is to be right. So mm-hmm. sometimes, like, 
a discussion doesn't have to have a winner. It's okay to just have it for discussion's sake and not have to have someone be the, like, be who is right, if that makes sense. Um, Apes are shaking everywhere in their boots. (laughs) (laughs) What? I said apes are shaking in their boots. (laughs) Why? Because they like they're to... like, what do you mean there doesn't have to be a winner? Oh, of yeah. Winners. Excuse me, I'm right. Um, Amy's like, his... duh. <laughs> and then his second score, um, highest by quite a bit, was the investigator, which was very low for me. Um, and he's always been really into like researching and uh, like planning things. Like if we go on a trip or something, he's the one that does like all the logistics of it and everything. Um, so I think it, I think it is important to find someone that kind of like balances you out in those ways. Uh, what about Anton Madeline? Um, so Anton's main one was a one, and uh, mm. his second one was I think five, which so, is the investigator. Yeah. So like I thought it was really interesting. I actually looked into like what ones and twos. Um, how they work together as a couple. So ones and twos are complementary since both offer the other the example of their own qualities. So both types are highly beautiful and attracted to service roles and occupations that are like health workers. Or mm-hmm. um, they usually have a lot of responsibilities. They require focus on others rather than on themselves. And so a problem that that can create is that um, that they don't focus as much on like their own relationship and their own um, problems because they're too busy focusing on others, which oh. all Anton does all day is help other people's problems with <laughs> technology, which leads exactly into a type five, which is like data and um, oh, right. learning about that kind of thing and being more comfortable with that. Yeah, so it was just really interesting to like, you can look up your spouse or your significant other's um, mm-hmm. Enneagram and then see what it is that you might need to work on together. And a lot of the time, I feel like it's pretty accurate. <laughs> right. I know that some employers will have their like prospective employees take either an Enneagram or um, another, I think, almost more well-known test. They'll have them take like the Myers-Briggs test mm-hmm. um, before hiring them just to kind of see like, oh, how they will fit in with the like culture of the company already you know I don't I kind, like, I kind of see a problem with that because oh I do too I feel like people would answer the questions based on what they think those that um employer wants to mm-hmm. hear so I think we should switch gears to the Myers-Briggs since we all did I take agree. that one as well um but like something that bothers me about that is um, in our society introverts are seen as not as valuable in the workplace right. which mm-hmm. is frustrating because you can't have a workplace completely full of extroverts without having like chaos. I feel like right. I think that yeah. introverts and extroverts complement each other mm-hmm. um, really well, especially in a workplace setting because you can't all be a leader. You have to have some people who are willing to listen, and you know you can't all be talking on top of each other. It's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. So, besides the fact, like it just bugs me because I had an employer who told me he basically said that like oh, you're more introverted. You should really work on changing that. Like, we, mm. we feel that as we've known you, you have kind of become more of an extrovert. But here, like, here are some things that we think that you should change about yourself. And I'm like, 
yes, wow. I've, come, I've come out of my shell because I'm more comfortable around you people. I'm more comfortable in this position. I'm, you know, I'm experienced in this role now. So I'm always going to be introverted and I'm always going to be that way. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, right. There's, there's a lot of good qualities in introverted people. So mm-hmm. I definitely don't think that should be a hiring process. Oh, I agree. Well, and they actually, so I was actually yeah. listening to a different podcast about this, and they were talking about how they actually have YouTube videos available for people to, like, coach themselves and basically, like, how to get a specific score on the Myers-Briggs test. Which is um, the exact opposite of the point of the Myers-Briggs right. test. Right. I think it can be helpful if it's used, like, as a tool, um, just to kind of encourage some self-reflection. But I agree, it should never be used as, like, a hiring um, tool. I think to piggyback on what you were saying about the introverts, um, as a teacher, that's something that we always were needed to be cognizant of is that introverts, a lot of times they don't necessarily raise their hands. They're not the Hermione Grangers, like always raising their hands with the first answer. That doesn't mean that they don't know the answer. Katie, literally every single Mm -hmm. report card I got as a kid was Madeline does a great job in class. Would like to see more participation. And it was like right. every single time. It's like I was never the kid that raised their hand. Whether <laughs> I knew the question or not, I didn't do that because I didn't want that. Like, I don't know. I didn't want the attention in case I was wrong. And sometimes I knew Correct. I was right, but I still yeah. didn't want to do it just because I didn't want to put myself out there. Like these kids should not, it shouldn't be a detriment to them um, just because they are naturally introverts. So, mm-hmm. you know, there need to be other techniques. I guess, strategies used to draw them in rather than just putting them on the spot and having them answer in front of the volunteer to answer in front of the class. Well, and I think another thing that needs to like really shift in teachers and parents and anyone Mm -hmm. who is around children is like introverts need to be praised just the same as extroverts for what who they are naturally because you are literally I think you are born with your personality type. I remember as a kid and middle school and high school both, I remember getting asked, like, why don't you talk more? Why are you so quiet? Why don't you say anything? Oh, my gosh. And, like, I seriously tried so hard, especially, like, middle school and early high school. I tried so, so hard to change that about myself and be more extroverted. And I remember, like, specifically one time, I think this was, like, probably my junior year, I had been, like, trying so hard to be this other person and, like, I was a cheerleader now and I thought like, okay, I've, I've broken out of this stereotype that I'm so quiet and shy and introverted. And then someone, I remember saying something like, why are you so quiet? Why don't you talk more? And I remember mm. thinking like, are you kidding? This isn't working, which goes to show like, no matter how hard you might try to be somebody else, you're always going to be who you naturally are supposed to be. And I think that that's, I think God made us that way because we have to right. have these different people and different personalities so that our world works if everyone was introverted, like no one would talk and want to be a leader and like, it just wouldn't work. But if everyone was extroverted, I don't think anything would get done because everyone would just be arguing about what, what they think. And right. It's like, I just really feel like there needs to be more Some of a balance are, yeah. and an appreciation for all personality types and all people, however mm-hmm. they naturally are. So what did Nomadi as a substitute? Go ahead, Amy. Nobody. As a substitute teacher, I love the introverted students <laughs> because they're generally the ones that are actually sitting there and are actually listening to me. And I totally understand the kids that are really chatty because that's the kid I was. Mm-hmm. 
But now as a sister teacher, I adore those introverts that are sitting quietly <laughs> listening to me. Yeah. Um, but what did you get, Madeline, for the for your letters for the Myers Briggs personality um, test? So I was INFJ um, mm-hmm. as my main match, which is the counselor. So INFJs are creative nurturers with a strong sense of personal integrity and a drive to help others realize their potential. Creative and dedicated, they have a talent for helping others with original solutions to their personal challenges. And I should probably read what that stands for. Introversion, intuition, feeling, judgment. So I was just going to go ahead and read off the other letters. So E is for extroversion. S is sensors. F are feelers. P, perceivers. I, introverts. N, intuitives. T, thinkers. J, judgers. Um, So for mine, my top was ENFJ. So extroverted. Um, intuitive, feeler, judger, and then that, it like matches you up, so it, it said the teacher. So ENFJs are idealist organizers, driven to implement their vision of what is best for humanity. They often act as catalysts for human growth because of their ability to see potential in other people and their charisma in leading others. Um, so I feel like that does tie in with what I got on the Enneagram with like the challenger and the achiever. Definitely not surprised you got the teacher, considering you are a teacher. <laughs> right. <laughs> Amy, what do you remember what yours was? So my top one was also the teacher. Mm. Um, Substitute teacher, maybe, Amy. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that makes more sense now. Um, and then my next one, I was kind of surprised, was the provider, which is ESFJ. Uh, that was my third. Um, conscientious helpers, sensitive to the needs of others, and energetically dedicated to their responsibilities. They like a sense of harmony and cooperation around them and are eager to please. I don't know if that is always me. Like there are times that I really do enjoy when there's cooperation. Mm-hmm. But then my next one was also the commander. <laughs> Which are the ones. So I don't. <laughs> I see a theme here. <laughs> I guess it depends on the situation. I'm the provider, but I'm also the commander. Um, so that's the one that Katie also had. Mm-hmm. Um, shocking. Yeah, shocking. So we're finding, like, we went to Truity, so T-R-U-I-T-Y.com is where we took the Myers-Briggs and the um, Enneagram tests, and you can take both of those for free. However, if you want to get, like, a more detailed breakdown of your results, you do have to pay. But I would love for our listeners to go ahead and take the test and share their results with us. Go ahead and tag us in any posts or Enneagram memes that you find. Um, I'd love to see those. And I just be, would be curious to know if you find it as accurate as we have. I've been having fun like finding little like pictures that totally fit for each of us and sending it in our group chat this week. <laughs> I was about to say that I was like, it's really fun to find memes for people you know what their top numbers mm-hmm. are and then send it to them. Yeah. Um, if you're the challenger, you might send ones that are a little provoking. <laughs> that has happened um and i would say that you know use the information that you get um i think to go ahead and use it um to kind of as a self-reflective tool for yourself my first reaction when i saw some of my results was like oh that's not me and then i thought about it i'm like actually some of those are really accurate and that is something i would like to work on Really quick before we go, I think we should say because of these tests, what's something that we feel like we're going to work on or try and like 
okay. uh, grow from because yeah. of this. I mean, something that like I was already aware of, but that I would like to make more of a focus is not trying to take on too much. Like it's okay to, I don't have to feel like I'm always accomplishing something. Yeah. Um, and then it, it's okay if it's not perfect. Like I'm not putting so much pressure on myself. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, so I really liked what I found. It said this year, what if you saw progress as perfection rather than striving okay. for perfection, strive for progress. Mm-hmm. And then another thing I found I liked for me was this year, what if you step back and take stock of how much you have on your plate and cut it in half before taking any more on? <laughs> what about you? I think that being a two is a great thing. Like I do really care about helping people. Mm-hmm. I remember giving a speech about that all I knew I wanted to do, this was in community college and I like, it, we were supposed to talk about what we wanted to do with our lives. And mm-hmm. at the time I had no idea, but I just said that I wanted to help people because I knew that that's what I enjoyed the most and gave me the most fulfillment was helping others. Yeah. And so I think that that's a great thing to be and being a giver, helper, healer, nurturer are all great things as long as they're coming from a place of truly just doing it to help others. And and I don't think there's anything wrong with feeling um, fulfilled. It just needs to be not so that other people will will um, love you and like you and care for you because people will do that right. regardless if they're the right people to have in your life. So like this goes back kind of to the toxic relationships things again is that like not still giving so much to people who don't give back to me. So making sure that it's a two way street, not just me always giving. To right. Me. So I think with the achiever, you mm-hmm. place a lot on being successful mm-hmm. and I seem to, for the long time I had those goals mapped of, of what I thought it meant to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I think now I've been kind of reevaluating, realizing that being successful means something different to mm. me. It doesn't mean having like a flashy career that I could brag about. It's more like um, that I have great relationships with my family and my friends. And then I love my, you know, I have a great relationship with my spouse and I'm happy mm-hmm. and my life is very enjoyable. And I think that is becoming more important to me than it used to be. And I'm kind of just changing what it means to be successful to myself. That's really good. Yeah, we would love to hear your results. If you go ahead and go home and take these tests, we'd love to hear your results. Um, And we'd also love to hear your goals. What is it that you want to work on um, with yourselves to make 2020 your best year yet? You know, as always, if you enjoy our episodes, please rate us five stars and review us. We love to hear your feedback. You might even hear your review read on an upcoming episode. I guess that's is it? Right? Oh, and you can mm-hmm. find us on Instagram at She's My Sister Podcast. And we are also on Facebook. So thanks so much for listening to the She's My Sister Podcast. And we'll see you next Bye. time. Bye. Bye. Bye.